You can record it at the end, mate. And then slap it on at the end. Yeah. That's what James Richardson does. Oh, it takes two minutes. Do it right at the end. Log off the last little bit. Chuck it at the front. You wait. Actually, I'll, I'll just put you saying that. <laughs> Welcome to, to Hand the Pod, ladies and gentlemen. I'll apologise before we get going for the banging you can hear in the background. Um, I'm Sam Kelly, we are recording at my house, and uh, I wasn't planning when I suggested it as a recording venue on allowing the neighbours directly above me to have their home reparation work still being done at 8 o'clock in the bastard evening. Um, that's going to be going on for most of the podcast, so I apologise in advance. If you don't want to listen to this episode, then we will understand. You are going to get rooted directly into your eardrums, after all. Um, is we it, are is here it, with... No, there's nothing we can do now. Is I, there a way we, don't, we can't point it directly above? Then be still I, thought, I, if, I thought... I think it'll probably just be environmental noise anyway, but right. I'll try and maybe turn the sensitive, sensitive to the microphone down. That's a good well. idea. Yeah. Put it on the should we do a little test? Yeah, well, the levels are looking okay, so fingers crossed you can all hear us. We do apologise for the banging, because it's still going to be quite loud. Um, I'm here with, as you've already heard, Joel Richards. Hello. And Dan Edwards. Good evening. English Dan, of course, we're going to continue to call him that. Um, <laughs> the, the main memory that we have of Australian Dan this week is that I bought a couple of his, well, I took a couple of his glasses off him that he couldn't get rid of, so we're drinking up for out of his glasses this evening. For um, and it's, it's quite, um, I'm a bit, a bit of a serial insomniac, and, uh, and it's quite interesting to see what time Dan now starts tweeting about Argentine football. It's kind of about... Five in the morning, four in the morning, <laughs> or so, and he suddenly comes up with like something about Raquel me or something that everyone had been talking about like yeah. a few hours before. Obviously, it's like a time difference, but uh, so he's still there, but uh, he's hanging on a little bit behind you, yeah, or, or ahead, uh, or ahead. absolutely. Yeah, if, if you are listening to this and you're following Australian Dan and not following any of us on Twitter for any reason, then you know that you should now stop following him. Comes 12 hours late, precisely, yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing is that, as in in response to uh, the jibes of my companions, I have now done an applause sign. Ole! Um, so when I laugh, you will now hear proper studio-approved <laughs> laughter. Um, you can't see this on the podcast, of course. I might get a photo of it up on the blog, uh, but it really is there. Um, we've got an action-packed week of football to look back on, haven't we, gents? Uh, so much happened, really. Well, well, the, yeah. the, the very best game of the weekend was, of course, in true Premier League style, the, the biggest game of the weekend, River Plate versus Racing. Wasn't it a thriller? It was an awful, 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 awful 90 minutes of football. There's no other way I can say it. I think and for those who don't already know the result, you'd be completely incorrect in assuming that English Dan's team lost it. You um, would be, yeah. <laughs> Somehow. Um, well, I don't know. Did you go? I did go, did you? No. No, so I'm the sole representative of Hander Pod at that game. It, yeah, there's not really much we can say about the game. It was um, a racing team that just completely set out their stall to defend. They kind of premiered a formation which I think is new in football, a 5-2-3. 
which basically had uh, Diego Vichar, who's a uh, you know number eight mm. attacking midfielder, playing at left back and really kind of packing packing the defence. And they played exactly like that. There was very little attacking movement. They were kind of encouraging River to to go at them and try and win, which River didn't really want to do either. Mm. And the kind of the decisive moment came. I think it was about twenty minutes from the end when, which in kind of a passage, which I think Rassi made a couple of chances out of it, but it was really probably their only attack of the game. Uh, Matias Cajes put away an admittedly fantastic header to put Racing 1-0 up, which meant they went even further back. River for everything, but with really very little quality to try and yeah. draw the game, I think. Was it Rodrigo Mora who had the best chance with a header that was really outstandingly saved by Saka? That was Mora, yeah. 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 And yeah, so it finished 1 0, and wrestling fans kind of they weren't particularly pleased with the performance. Like everyone was almost laughing at the ridiculousness of the performance compared to the happiness of getting the result. But it was, yeah, it was a win in the Monumental against River, something that hadn't happened since 2006, and I think something that's happened about probably eight times in the history of that fixture. We've yeah, cut yeah. The, we've cut the um, historial deficit to 48 games now. <laughs> and so is, we're on the way back 24 years and we're talking about um, This is the parity. oldest, the oldest Clásico in Argentina as well. It's probably um, one of the most so mismatched as well. Yeah. Well, I think Seb always said that it was. I don't know whether he was being completely literal or whether he was saying that figuratively, but it's certainly well, I think a massive... Between the Grandes, I can't think of anyone. Yeah, no, between the Grandes, it definitely is. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it was a very good... In the end, it was a very good win for Racing. It put them back up to fifth in the table, I believe. Like with was it now four wins, two draws, and two defeats? Sorry, very possibly. I was only half listening. I should chuck <laughs> But it's strange. You're right about talking about how the uh, how Racing was set up and how defensive they were. Yeah. And I don't remember Lanús being this way with 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 Zubeldia. And it's strange that because yeah. we've we've talked about this before, and, and it doesn't hasn't changed now that they're just playing defensively and horribly. But they have got one of the, the best squads. It's in exactly terms of, what we were saying before you arrived between yeah. me and Sam. Like on paper, they Same should have a team to, to really yeah. go out. Yeah. Because also they've got the perfect mix of like really brilliant youngsters yeah. and and experience and like some of the top players. You know, Pelletier Vijar and Camaronesi are you know some yeah. of the best midfielders in in Argentina at the moment. Yeah. Um, so it's just really strange that, and as I said, I don't remember Zubeldia being half as defensive no. with uh, with Lanús so I kind of wonder what, what's happened there I think as well we've got to take into account um, a little bit of the context of circumstances we had uh, Racing coming from two straight defeats against Belgrano Estudiantes so from Zubeldia's point of view a yeah. third defeat in a row or a heavy defeat yeah. against River would really see him question so he probably went into the game thinking right if I take a point nil nil draw then you know, at least they're going to stop talking about my job for a week. And if we somehow nick it, then even better. I'm, I'm yeah, hero. yeah, that's, that's true. probably the thing. But that's, that's it's, true. It's but, they, but they've been, nice but they've been defensive throughout the season, haven't they? When they've won and when they've, I mean, they haven't had, yeah, they haven't I'm, produced like mm, some, haven't really attempted to to produce some sort of free flowing football. But more or less, I think what's really yeah. Would you say Subaldi is clearly under pressure to to replicate the second place finish that Diego Simeone got last season, and that's why he's doing it. Well, he's playing a very, very similar kind of football if he's going for that, yeah. Yeah, you missed it. Sorry, you've got to be quick with the side. I wasn't thinking. And yeah, you're right. Rassinger now fifth 
Uh, yeah. Four wins, two draws, two defeats. Ten goals scored, five goals conceded. I think if you look at the goals as well, like I think they're not far off being one of the top scoring teams, and that's taken no, a hit. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of teams on ten. One with one team with eleven. Two teams with twelve. Yeah. Um, so looking at that overall, in fact, you know, I think they're one of the tip. Yeah, and. And in fact, Newell's, Newell's old boys, who we're going to get on to um, in a very short while, have scored the same number as Racing. We've only conceded one fewer. Yes. Yeah. And we talk about Newell's being complete. Yeah. And we talk about Magdino being complete tactical geniuses and stuff, yeah. you know. Well, they are. Yeah. Uh, they're top of the table. <laughs> but we're so. almost exactly the same record as Racing, you know what I mean? Mm. So it's all kind of perspective. I think what really hurt, what really makes a difference is that maybe more is expected of Racing kind of a team that's mm. going to come out and attack, you know. How many times have we seen a wrestling team in the last, well, you could say probably the last 50 years that have gone out naively to, to attack, attack, attack yeah. and end up getting getting stuffed by a team like River? Yeah. On, on River Plate, there's lot, obviously lots to talk about. Most, yeah, let's go to River um, Just amazingly, Almeida again didn't put any uh, defenders on the bench mm. and one of the defenders the last time same as the last time he did that against Newell's in fact um, one of the defenders was, was injured last time it was Mercado yeah. and this time uh, Maidana on the one hand terrible news because Maidana's out for like six months or so he's the, only, he's the player who's played most yeah. under Almeida certainly this season and really I think last season as well um, but just astonishing decision really not to have a single single defender we I mean, did it two weeks ago when Mercado got injured yeah exactly yeah. also very early on yeah. um, and, and, and he does have Carlos Sanchez who's a decent player to fill in yeah. to move back from midfield. but Sanchez there was talk of him playing left, uh, right back at last season when he was in, in the second division and he, and he said in an interview before in the week leading up to that he said I can't play right back I don't like it and I don't really know no. how to do it so it's the only thing with the nose to attack attack yeah, attack. yeah. You know, he loves the, the forward no, with the no defenders on the bench thing is to do it once is, even if you know nothing about football it's just self-evidently stupid it's a bit like a mistake you make to do it once man, get caught out yeah. and then do it again in the next well done you uh, yeah. and, and, and then get caught again two weeks later I mean okay it's bad luck you get caught again but just don't but it's not bad luck put a defender on the bench, on the bench. You know, it's, not, it's, it's not rocket science it's absolutely moronic I mean yeah it's just doing it's just strange because it's just opening himself up for criticism when it's and it just generates more criticism when he just... There's other things to worry about, performance levels of some of the players, tactically or what have you. And it, it's a very strange decision by Almeida to do that. But um, but again, they, they went from that game against Newells when Mercado was injured to this one. Uh, against Newells, everyone said, you know, this is the river play that we've all been expecting to see uh, flourish. You know, that this is river, they're off. Yeah. And two match, two weekends later, everyone's you know this is disgraceful. Almeida's close to getting getting the getting the sack. Um, they were really really pretty poor though. I was just absolutely shocked at, as I said, kind of you could say over the ninety minutes, River probably did a little bit more to go forward and try and at least push them forward. But it was just the way they did it was so kind of unthreatening, so ponderous, so imprecise. So. They do have the problem that a lot of clubs are doing this, like Racing, um, that. Just getting really sitting really deep, and and because they know that River haven't haven't got this kind of vertical uh, attacking yeah. kind of players that, that will that can you know unlock those mm. kind of defences. But yeah. so they have got that playing against them. But by the same token, uh, and this goes back to the, the questions about Almeida, that you know for for all his positives, he hasn't found a, a style of football, no. and he hasn't you know um, imposed that kind of identity on the team. Having been in charge now for what nearly sixty games, yeah. Yeah, it's been a while now. Mm. And, and there was a, a thing, you know, last week before the Classical, there was a, a 
sort of mini story on one of the sports websites saying that Almeida had the numbers in his favour because um, although he's under pressure now, he's won you know 65% of his matches in charge of River. <laughs> yeah, the points of the points of yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean ultimately last season he he fulfilled his, uh, what what was needed of him. He, yeah. he, they were he champions. Did, he they did won the, the league and they yeah. went up. He did the absolute best. That's what they had to do. They got up on the last day of the season. That's fine. That's yeah. everything that happened before was forgotten. Yeah, but, mm. but the fact remains, it doesn't make him a, necessarily make him a brilliant manager. No. To be able with that squad as well to just beat a load of teams who River should have been beating, mm. yeah. given the squad that they had. Um, it does mean, however, if we will move on uh, now. Um, that Racing were the only one of the big five to win a match this weekend. Sorry, so just quickly, is it important to say that River are in direct relegation? Sorry, yes. Well, it's just relegation because although I, I oh yeah 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 of course it yeah, is yeah. direct relegation. Yeah, yeah, and in fact, Ole have done the same thing. And uh, the, the day after the match, they they said they're yeah, not doing so as well. Yeah, of course, they're on a playoff places anyway. Yeah, of course. Um, Sorry, but yeah, Racing the only one of the the big five to to win a match. Um, at the weekend Independiente won in the Copa Sudamericana last night we'll get on to that uh, possibly a bit later Independiente drew 1-1 with All Boys in another absolute thriller uh, slash dire match Lanús beat Boca Juniors 2-0 and the other member of the Big Five San Lorenzo um, lost to Belas and did anybody see that one? Um, um, Chucky um, Ferreira got two goals for Chucky Ferreira got, got two goals and was, was front page of Ole and yet the, the front page of LA was Chucky Ferro's back and, and in Sewer's face. You know, I saw that so, What's that about? I think because because um, Chucky Ferreira is a really promising striker, um, taking a little bit more time than perhaps uh, was expected in like a couple of years ago. But he's an excellent striker. Really, his second goal, the winner against San Lorenzo, I thought was, brilliant, was yeah, brilliantly yeah. taken yeah. outside of the boot. Do you think he's taken the, time? I'd say... I think so, yeah. I think he lost the year basically playing in an... Awful Banfield team. Yeah. Apart from yeah. that, yeah. Like, yeah. his trajectory has been pretty. But this is it. So it's his first goals for Vélez. And what he scored the other week? Did he get the other week? Um, I think he netted. Yeah, I'm sure he netted one. All right, that breaks down my argument. <laughs> no, but it goes back to. The I could be wrong. Let's, let's say you're right for a second. Let's make, hear your argument. Just hypothetically, um, <laughs> hypothetically he, uh, if he hadn't scored before. Either way, weekend. he scored a brace against San Lorenzo. Really good couple of goals, and uh, and, his, and he didn't even get his face on the front page. I thought it was pretty harsh. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Denis Strapolosi also scored the strike attack in that match. Uh, almost broke the goal net, in fact. It was hit so hard from so... so Should have been disallowed, though. handball. Yeah. Massive handball yeah. as he controlled it. But really, really quite obvious. Um, well, so, not, yeah. not obvious he was surrounded by players, but yeah, it was definitely there. Um, so then San Lorenzo this week go straight into uh, another... Cl- into a classic... Well, you can sort of call Vélez a classic almost now, but... They're going to another classical with Racing away. That's a big debate for them, isn't it? Everyone's uh, a lot of San Lorenzo fans aren't really happy at that calling Vélez their classico, but yeah. it, but it totally is now. Yeah, so now the Huracan on there, like yeah, exactly, is exactly, the absolutely. Because um, we should say that Vélez played that without away fans because of all the trouble we've had. I mean, we mentioned it when it happened last year with um, the fan dying and all this kind of thing, and it's been like a recurring theme over the last few San Lorenzo Vélez. Clashes, so yeah, Fred has played that without away fans. A lot of unkind people would say what was the difference, but we won't go down that road. Absolutely. Uh, no, we, we could never say anything like that. Uh, is Ricardo Caruso Lombardi going to come under much pressure now for, 
for San Lorenzo. Well, have you, you've seen what the president said. It's an astonishing story. I did see this. The uh, president, who's who's uh, who's 32, which is amazing. But anyway, the, this uh, is the guy that's Lamins, basically Tinelli's Ma- puppet, right? Yeah, Matthias yeah. Lamins, who actually has the exact the same voice as Tinelli. Have you, have you heard him speak? <laughs> it's incredible. No. <laughs> really, very, very similar tone and, and the way that he Ooh. expresses himself. Is he like you and Sylvester Stallone? <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. We're going to have to explain that joke. We'll, we'll, we'll get onto that a little bit later. <laughs> or, or we'll just put the YouTube link up. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, so Lamins, as I said, so the youngest president, certainly in San Lorenzo's history, uh, yesterday said that all players and the coach must have his authorization before giving any interviews. This, of course, on the back of basically Caruso Lombardi basically being yeah. 24 hours uh, a day on, on TV giving an interview with someone or other, and, uh, and obviously various outbursts and boxing matches on the street with his predecessor's assistant it's not a bad idea so. but, um, but yeah so he's, he said that absolutely every single interview has to be approved by, by him so, uh, so so maybe that will have a positive effect on, on San Lorenzo mm. I think talking to San Lorenzo fans I think what they're really kind of putting all their faith in, faith in at the moment and like I don't know what like you'd say kind of putting all the features with in putting all your chips on at the moment is um, Piatti coming back and yeah, yeah. Like I, think, I think that's a big Absolutely. big difference there kind of ironic considering none of them seemed very happy when they when he was initially signed well, pretty we, we saw how tight he was yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we saw how well he played um, the other thing that I'll just add is that much as I stick up for freedom of speech um, all the time if anything to shut Ricardo <clears> Carlos <throat> or Bali the hell up can't be it's a bad thing, by me. yeah, um, yeah we so I'm, I'm fully behind Lamens on, on that one. <laughs> fully behind Tinelli. Uh, in fact, that's not a sentence I've ever thought I'd find myself saying. It's kind of, yeah, it seems almost parody to see Tinelli, or Tinelli's person saying <laughs> to someone that they shouldn't talk so much. Absolutely. <laughs> it is really, yeah, satire is dead. Yeah, uh, Independent Day All Boys, the 1-1, we don't have too much to say about that. Really, I don't think there is much to say about that. No, it pretty was poor. a result that didn't do Independiente any favours at all, because they still... They're still in um, direct relegation, or relegation as we can now say. Lanus Bocca, did either of you see that one? Cheered me up a bit after seeing it. <laughs> no, I saw parts of it. I think the biggest, you know, the biggest thing from that game was it was uh, Guillermo Barashilotto coming and beating his old team. I think he didn't celebrate any of the goals, I believe. No, he impressively managed to stay completely yeah. seated and emotionless. And, yeah. and, so and an interesting thing from that game, actually, if we, could, if we can talk about kind of the fans uh, bad for a minute. I know that before all in the headlines and the newspapers were that I think was it kind of 20 more of the Boca in Chado were added to this kind of derecho de admisión list which meant they couldn't go to the to any games like to the Lanús Stadium I think there's now kind of 85 and what remained of the Boca Barra actually left before the game finished mm. which was kind of I don't know if it was you know, a protest at the team how they're playing or a protest at kind of seeing their Top boys like not allowed into the stadium, but I think it shows you know we've talked about this so many times with Boca. You know everything's going to be all right with how they're playing. They're not playing brilliant football. It's always always going to be all right until they start losing. I think you can you can probably see that you know as soon as they don't keep winning every game, the recriminations are going to start if they're coming from the stands or yeah. they're coming from the dressing room. You know. Well, there was yeah. well. there was the incredible story this week of the head of the Boca Barra. Um, Mauro Martin. He's still right, recovering, right? Right, yeah. But, but writing to, to, 
to that, exactly. He's still, yeah, sorry, he's still, he's, he's out of hospital now, but, uh, but he wrote to Daniel Akhilisi, the Boca president, um, demanding to know why he's not allowed to go to the stadium when he doesn't have any impending court cases or anything against him. But Mauricio Macri, who's obviously former Boca president, current mayor of, of Buenos Aires... Very closely linked to Extremely, extremely closely linked to Anglisi. But who does have an impending court case against him for for, um, wire, for telephone yeah. and wiretapping <laughs> yeah, yeah. and why he's allowed in. But it's just, it's just I mean, it's just hilarious, you know, this uh, yeah. um, uh, Barra Brava leader... Mm. You know, trying to argue his way into the into the uh, into the ground. If, it's, you, uh, if ever you want to, if you're a new listener and you want to know what it's like when the lunatics take over the asylum, stick with Underpod because we've got much more of this kind of thing yeah. uh, almost every week to, to discuss. Was well, the incident um, in uh, Racing River as well, which I was saying to Sam? Yeah, yeah. I meant to ask about that actually because we only saw thirty seconds or so of it on television. Yeah, and it barely yeah. got mentioned. Well, if anything, it was kind of a diversion from the game, which was fairly welcome from how it was going this is what happens right yeah. I mean, Argentine fans are so happy go lucky and enjoying themselves all the time that when it's a dull game they just start a fight with the police for their own entertainment yeah. you know, this, well, it's hard to say like I don't know for me uh, the police have got to take more than their fair share of blame I'll explain what the situation was um, I don't know if we've talked about it much on the, uh, on the podcast but it's kind of from this season there's been a lot of kind of quite restricting new rules in Capital Federal like which doesn't include Racing when they play home games there in Avicenedo but like what is the city of Buenos Aires we can say regarding what kind of flags and banners teams can bring into the stadium what else I think uh, they can't bring kind of the, the banners that hang from one side of the, the stand to the other kind of all these kind of restrictions but the Racing fans basically I don't know how because I saw I went in basically with the Barra and they were all taken to one side and really kind of like all of the drums were inspected and all this kind of thing. It was pretty heavy, but they still managed to get in one one banner which said kind of Guardia Imperial. So just after half time, the police decided which, to be... Which is the name of the yeah, biggest wrestling banner. Yeah, I'm sure you must have mentioned that before, yeah. but yeah, for new listeners, yeah. So just before half, uh, just after half time, the police came down, which is sort of a really boneheaded way kind of went to talk to the banner and said... Right, you've got to take it down, you've got to take it down. And they were just outnumbered and it was never going to end nicely really. And they got quite a kick in and had to basically flee from the, from the wrestling stand. Hmm. But as well, I don't know, it seems pretty, pretty kind of dodgy as well because, you know, from where I was in the, the away stand, which sits right at the top, you know, looking out at the whole stadium, yeah. you could see, you know, there's about 250 different banners for River, like in every single part of the stadium, and the police come in to take like one racing one. It was kind of really, I don't know. Yeah, I think to be fair, the I think the River Barra Bravas have, have had quite a few face-offs with the police. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. but uh, maybe yeah, but but I mean the yeah the scenes were pretty bad. One one copper got Ooh, properly yeah. mm. got properly outnumbered. He lost his hat, yeah, and that was um. Oh, and there was also in the home, well, in the home and outside the the home sections of the ground. Um, after the match, there was another what what the press they called it, another hall in English, H A W L, which was a very, bit of a confusing word. I asked our friend Seba for a quick explanation, and he suggested it was probably something to do with the the riots that took place in the hall of the Monumental after the relegation. 
Um, right. There was a big sort of a lot of fan unrest basically outside and in the public areas of the Monumental after the game. Yeah. Historically, that's where River Plate supporters have protested yeah. after games. I mean, Aguilar had had lots of lots of those kind of protests in in the in that hall in in, in River Plate. But um, everyone's getting very excited about this. As I said, I mean, Aguilar had them. Lots of River Plate presidents have had them. Yeah. No, getting them as well. Part and parcel of being, being in charge of that club, I think. Indeed, yeah. Um, okay, so other results now, not the the big five. Um, Belgrano beat Godoy Cruz 1 0. <coughs> Nothing to say about that. Rafaela beat Tigre 3 0. Again, Tigre, Tigre, I think, have 14 shots on goal during that match and didn't manage to score a single one. Michel but is Sarrua Wena holding on at the moment? Like, he's um, still in his post? He is for now, isn't he? They lost again yeah, last night. They lost night. again last night. Americano. Went to and Quito, like, you can't really... Um, too much no, the, uh, I think um, I, I heard that Sergio Massa, who's kind of um, a local politician in Tigre, and is really in, in, involved in really sort of renovating the, the, the that province Tigre. Yeah, you've um, got the Intendente, what yeah. that translators? Was it um, like councillor maybe? Something like that. Yeah, city councillor. Yeah. yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. But he's, uh, he's he's very closely linked with the with the club. Obviously, the club's really important for for the area. Anyway, he he travelled to to Ecuador. I yeah. heard that um, to try and and it's part of uh, basically both he and and the board want Arua Barrena to stay on, yeah. uh, despite the fact that results aren't quite going their way at the moment. I've got a quote here from Arua Barrena, um, who says that the club value him, um, but he's not going to prioritize. I, I won't prioritize my personal ego mm. if I'm not getting the results, or if they feel I'm not getting the results. So he's kind of said, you know, he wants to stay, but at the same time, if the club do decide to let him go at some point, if they change their mind on the current stance, yeah. he'll be happy to uh, step aside. Have you got the league table there? Just I because have. I just find this incredible that, I mean, on the one hand, you know, we can't uh, judge coaches just after three or four games, say. No, but after eight games without a win. Well, yeah, but after last season, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah they were champions in the bank. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So saved them from a relegation that was inevitable. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Absolutely inevitable. They're, they're, they're currently sure. they're now second bottom. Uh, they're level on points with Independiente. They're only one point ahead of Union. They've drawn four, so that's the four yeah. points they've got, and lost four. And they've conceded in eight matches, sixteen goals, um, um, which is the worst. I take it all back. You should go. <laughs> no, 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 I'm joking, of course I'm Because he, he just did such a good job They sold off half his players Yeah, It's like, yeah. Well, who are they going to bring in? No, who, who are they going to bring in better than Andrew no. Barrena? All this they're going to yeah. do Exactly, it's just change It's just have that first new game yeah. where, the, where, the guy, where the coach comes in and says Right guys, we're going to turn this around Let's get out there Let's show it for the, for the fans, for the shirt Maybe get a win and and then what happens? Yeah. And a great, he's a great coach. He's done a really good yeah. job. This is basically coming back to what we always say, like how these clubs don't seem to think at all in uh, the long term or any sort of project. You know, they're happy to see Arua Buena save them from a relegation. We would have bet probably our houses on, but now a few games. I remember I brought. It sounds like Olivia the other day and. Australian Dan did bet his house on it, and that's why he's had to move back to Australia. Yeah, it was kind of this. I saw a letter in Olivia the other day, it was from a Tigre fan, you know, they have a letter section all in the paper, and it was kind of saying um, for Arrua Buena Vasco, thanks for everything you did last year, but it's time for you to take a step aside. But it's like. He didn't just suddenly become a bad coach. Like, yeah. What is the need to keep changing, to keep 
bringing new faces and settling the team. Like, it's I'm something I still well, don't understand. Having lost that dreadful 2009-10 season, they uh, completely even with this yeah. absolutely atrocious start, Tigre out. I mean, okay, Banfield got relegated last season with 73 points on the table for one of their seasons, so it's not impossible for Tigre to get relegated, but they're still very much upper half of the relegation table at the moment. Um, I'd say give him, they, give him until the end of the year. Like, good until the end of the year to get reasonable. some momentum behind them and, yeah. then, you know, and then start picking it up. And yeah, it might cause some problems in a couple of years' time, but only if they have another dreadful season yeah. after mm-hmm. that. Um, so yeah, so, you know, from that point of view, I think that one of the pluses of the Promedio is once you've had a good season, it can take the pressure off the coach in, in this kind of situation. Um, and talking off, as, as Joel mentioned, the way that some new managers will come in and you know, in their very first match maybe get a good result and fall away... Um, uh, San Martín de San Juan, of course, replaced their manager a few weeks ago. Gabriel Perrone came in. They got a 4-0 win against Arsenal this Sarandí. We started to wonder whether San Martín were, were back again. Uh, they lost then, 1-0 after playing dreadfully away to Godoy Cruz. Now they've got a second 4-0 home win in a row. Uh, 4-0 against Quilmes. And 3-0 up after, um, after 42 minutes. 3-0 up at half-time. Anybody catch this one? I, uh, I, I saw the highlights, uh, reason, decent highlights, not just not just the goals or whatever. Um, Kilmer's pretty poor in defence. Yeah. I mean, they got two 0 Kilmer's Caneo missed a penalty, mm. which which obviously would have changed it. And of all players, Caneo, you would have thought you would have thought he yeah. would have scored it. He's you know he's, he's a really respected player in in Argentina. Riquelme's kind of one a player who's, who's regularly mentioned him as mm. yeah. single him out. So, um, but I mean, the first two goals came from the something right wing so I mean just first of all poor defending there poor marking there and then just I mean easy finishes in the in the six yard box so um, just very very poor by, by Kilmes to be honest which is a bit of a surprise because they've been pretty they've been quite solid yeah, yeah they've been alright this season so far yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, San Martín are now having been bottom uh, three weeks ago they're now 17th <laughs> much better yeah. uh, with two wins no draws and six defeats um, and in a bid to get their first away win of the season uh, this coming weekend, they travel to Boca Juniors. Yeah. Possibly, potentially, you, you could ask them for a slightly kinder fixtures for them, admittedly, but um, yeah. still. Uh, other results, the reason that, that none of us caught that one all the way through is that it was being played at the same time as the big, the clash of the, the weekend, really, in terms of the uh, form of both the teams going into it. Colon, um, who started off the match in third or fourth place against Newell's. He started the match second, didn't they? They were mm-hmm. behind Boca at the start yeah, of the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, but are now top of the table after a very impressive 2-1 win. Colón's first home defeat of the season, I think I'm right in saying. Um, and just re- another goal from Ignacio Scocco, um, from the. I can't believe it. Like, this guy was going to come to Racing before before the season started. Like um, He was kind of a personal request from... From Saka, the the keeper, because they played together, I think, in AK Athens. Yeah. And we kind of said, like, well, who's this fucker? Like, no one's even heard of him. So he didn't come, like, Pepe San came in instead. Because yeah, but I think. And Skogo is absolutely Scott taking the, the lead by still. Division, he's got six goals. Ooh, in my and he's, I really like well, as are Newell's Newell's are doing well ten, 10 goals scored only 4 conceded joint best defensive record in the league um, five, 5 wins 3 losses and, uh, sorry 5 wins 3 draws and they're the only team who've yet to lose a match in the league this season uh, yeah I was going to say I really liked uh, the Skoko goal even though it was just, just a tap in because there's something about this which really even if you just see the highlights of just, just that goal you just see what the idea at, at Newell's is 
Um, and actually, the second goal as well with, with uh, Martin Cafu Casades getting forward and uh, and, uh, and and scoring. <laughs> no, because because they just get they get so many players forward. Like so few clubs do this. Man. And and I don't know whose shot it was that was saved yeah. by Posso. But but the point was that they had. I mean, you know, it was a lovely little dinked pass by. Oh, what's his name? Marcos Casades. You know the, uh, the oh, sorry, it's completely. No, 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 no. The um, that's, uh, not Spaduti. God, it's, it's completely gone blank. Anyway, um, the point is they they get four or five players getting going forward, you know, for their attacks, and and Paris. there's Paris. Paris, Lucas Bernardi, Bernardi, Bernardi. So, and um, and they uh, and yeah, they just you know they're, they're very committed to to attacking, which is why I was, I was amazed by that stat that that Racing have got as many goals as them. But um, but I think I'm sure they've got more in open play. They must do. Racing got loads of. Set but pieces, right? Lot, yeah, quite a few. Yeah, set, yeah, at least yeah. three set pieces. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But no penalties because Sand missed those two. But there's been a few. Yeah, there's been a few set pieces. But um, and then again, the same goes for for the Castro's goal. The fact that you know people were saying were laughing about the saying that Rassing, you know, he wouldn't get past the halfway line, and uh, and he got forward. I mean, brilliantly. You yeah. know, amazing attacking fullback play. I remember uh, the same exactly the same thing happened when. Um, Gabriel Mercado left <laughs> yeah. Racing to go to Estudiantes. He'd scored, I think, something like one in 99 games for Racing. First season in Estudiantes, I think he scored four. Yeah. It's like something, you know, there's witchery about, you know. There's only, there's got to be witchcraft. That's my, that's my expert opinion. The Racing Syndrome. It is, um, <laughs> Racing Syndrome. If you're a Cologne fan, then don't panic too much because you're, you're still eight. Um, and although that sounds like quite a long way back, it's only six points behind yours. Mm. Um, the league really is still anybody's for the taking. The other results were um, Estudiantes beat Arsenal de Sarandí 2 1 on Monday night. Mm. Um, Duván Zapata scored a goal and got sent off later on uh, for a slightly idiotic kind of second yellow card, a bit petulant. And um, I'm actually lost actually we've not gone through all of the results oh no no we haven't there's one how can we forget the one, one we haven't mentioned yet. probably best match of the weekend in terms of just entertainment I was going to have another one we hadn't mentioned since last week we sort of previewed it um uh-huh. really? yeah, yeah. yeah. no but yeah but uh, the Argentina Brazil game of course yeah no, so I'm talking about the league um, uh-huh. yeah uh, Argentinos juniors uh, so the first three syllables at least are the same as um, <laughs> <laughs> who led 3-1 against Dunyon and then very late on I think I'm right in saying I'm, I'm struggling to remember precisely. I did watch a bit of that match actually yeah that was pretty um, good led 3-1 against Dunyon with 10 minutes to go and then managed to concede twice uh, in the last in those last 10 minutes Diego Barisone who I'd never heard of before I'm ashamed to say and Pablo Manin got the equaliser in, in stoppage time and Union, who still are one of the uh, three teams in the league without any points and are bottom they've only got any three points. draws to show for it managed to claim a point sorry without any wins ah. um, is what I, what I meant to say yeah, uh, so the, yeah the, the second goal Figaro's second was, he got a hat-trick didn't he yeah, yeah. Uh, the second goal that just for me highlights what was going wrong at Union. I mean the defending was astonishing yeah. Yeah. literally keeper throws it out but through the middle and it just went straight from, from the keeper by one player th- in, in the middle through to Figueroa. I mean, they just carved straight through the middle. I mean, you just can't do that. It's, it's, it was just astonishing. I've never seen defending like that. No. Uh, but they did very well to, to fight back and, and obviously get the point. But, um, but right I mean, still, well. still, I mean, just so much, so much work to do there. And you're right to say as well, congratulations to Michael Figueroa, his 18-year-old um, forward who I, I've not heard his name before, I don't think, but he 
got a hat trick. Um, very much mm. a, announced himself on on the yeah. Primera stage, albeit yeah. as you say against Union. Apparently, a team from Lisbon's already interested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we heard it here sure first. Porta. <laughs> yeah. well, could be, could, could be. be. Porta, yeah. <laughs> it's not right. Yeah. It's almost the same place. Or Napoli, or yeah, or Sunderland. Argentina, Brazil. I didn't watch it. To what happened honest. after we recorded? Well, we know we didn't watch because we were still sitting in your flat drinking for that when it kicked off. Um, you guys went to watch it. I got back home in time to see about the uh, to see the end of the first half, in fact, um, yeah. and then most of the second half. Argentina were Salvador was playing. Yeah, Argentina were in fact going to get a very creditable draw um, and scored easily the best goal in the match. Um, uh, Burrito Martinez, I've forgotten his actual name. Juan Manuel Martinez. Um, cap, put a cap on a superb team move um, they were going to get a 1-1 draw away to Brazil vastly vastly um, superior Brazil side on paper and then once again we had an Estudiantes player give away an explicable handle yeah um, and Brazil ended up getting a well a winner with what two minutes played of stoppage time or something yeah. wasn't it and, and that was that uh, yeah. right at the very end Brazil got a 2-1 victory yeah well, it's, it's good that it's, it's, it's finely poised in terms of you know there's Something to play for yeah. in, in the return leg. I yeah. mean, Argentina could do it because you know they did defend very well. I mean, I, I watched it all later, and but I mean, but I mean, there is such a gulf in, in quality that this is. I think this is the thing for me. I like. I must admit, I didn't catch any of the game, and but I was kind of. I looked at what Sabella had to say to to the media afterwards in the press conferences, all this kind of thing, and there was some some uh, declarations he made that seemed. Almost unbelievable. He came out and basically said, "Like, well, I'm not going to play like this with the European players, but with what we got in the local league, well, it's it's, yeah. I haven't got another cook. Which could be true, could be not, but it seems to me like just an incredible thing to say. Like, I mean, why even have these friendlies then? If well, you're going to have to him, it's not him. Why not? Yeah, it just seemed, yeah, like a thing you can't say really. I mean." Do you think so? I thought he was. I think it's he's uh, laying it out pretty clearly that he's yeah. not particularly happy that he has to, but he does have to, and he is basically on hiding to nothing. I'd agree with that. Um, I don't think he's so. Like we're saying, you know, we went through it. I think even before the squad was announced, and I'm saying, you know, you think of the players in defence. You've got young players who could really learn something, and go to you know go to Brazil, play the players that <clears> could <throat> well be in the team, if not in two years' time in Brazil, in six years in. Russia, yes. Well, so, <laughs> play these guys, play these guys who've got 20, 21 years up, 21 years. And, well, if you go if you go with all the players, you know, these youngsters and they get beaten by Brazil, it's fine. But if you're going to go out with De Sabato, Brania, Rey, all of these kind of old people who are not going to get anywhere near the squad, you're not going to get anything for it. Like, I, it, for I, me, it doesn't make any sense. And then say, no, then to come and say, oh, well, it's the local league. Well, I think you got the players like they might not be well known, but they're talented youngsters like Brazil. You know, Brazil, Chucky and Lucas, or Chucky and Neymar. These players didn't emerge from from the dust. Like they were given the chance when they were eighteen, nineteen, to play in the in the national team. That's why now they're some of the most valuable players in the world. Like. I've trust tried, yeah. what you've got in the base. I know, I, I don't play these fucking dead people. I, I understand your, your point, <laughs> but, um, but Savelli has to go on his own back as well. If he goes to Brazil and loses 5-0, yeah. 
they'd be stupid to sack him as, as a result of that. Obviously, we, we know this, but there are people in the Argentine yeah. media maybe who, who don't understand that um, and who are going to, you know, he doesn't want to give any excuse at all for there to, be, you know, become a yeah. hate comer. As it is, he's almost got it anyway because they're angry that yeah, he's not he gone went to Brazil, played absolutely frightened. Yeah, you know, like. you know, they're angry he's not gone to Brazil, yeah. played a two-three-five or yeah, something. Yeah, but also, I mean, don't forget, I mean. There was there was a big problem when uh, the, the Argentine under twenties lost six, was it six nil to the Germany yeah, youth yeah. teams. Now Bilardo came out after this and said, "Hang on, something was going on here because that was a uh, it was basically it was, I think it was a Germany under twenty one against a young Argentina under yeah. twenty. So sort of yeah. by which I mean most yeah. of them are eighteen, nineteen exactly. So there was there was a big problem here. I mean Bilardo had to come out and, and like, totally defend or well, stick up for. What had happened there, and said, you know, we've got to sort this out. This can't happen. This is, yeah. and it, but it was seen as like a, as a as a disgrace. Now, if the na- if the full national team does it, albeit from locally based players, yeah, Fulham, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. It's, it's, be the B team. Sorry, no, but, but here is referring to it as a B international. Sure, That's part of the problem. In fact, but but uh, still, a team, an Argentine side um, coached by Savela. If that side loses to to Brazil, say four nil. I think it, it, it would be a massive problem, and it would undermine Sabella. So I know I agree with what you're saying because I think there are players, and we talked about them like Nani, like Pizarro, yeah. and and you know Lisandro Lopez and yeah. Guillermo Burdizo. So there are players, yeah. but uh, I just think he, he's he's looking at it in far more pragmatically than kind of thinking, oh, it'd be nice to give a few minutes to you know this this young lad at Cologne who's starting yeah. to play quite well. You know, he's like, no, hang on, I can't afford. So we have to because when's his next game? Then not for an, a month or, or eight weeks or, or or what have you. And and he's got you know that is the game that he's being judged on. Mm. And as I said, they're unforgiving. And by which I mean you know even for like an under twenties match, it's a big it's a big issue if they lose yeah. heavily. So I think that's what's going on for Sabella. I do agree with you in terms of it is the opportunity to do it to, to do that. But again, it goes back to this. You know, you mentioned like Lucas and Neymar. These are two players that are worth. I mean, the, how much did PSG paid for Lucas? Is it like thirty five? Million, right. Yeah. Neymar is going to go for more, yeah. and simply aren't those kind of that, that quality player in in in, in Argentina? I mean, there, there just isn't. So there is that golf in, and that's just because you know Santos have been able to keep on to Neymar. Yeah. Sao Paulo did the same with Lucas because of the sponsorship money and what have you. So it, it's not a level uh, playing field in terms of you know the quality that the two no, players have got I there. Can, I can fully yeah. appreciate that. Like, yeah. Whatever team Sabella puts out, Argentina are going to start as underdogs. But I don't see, for example, how you know you've got two defenders in my my opinion, like uh, Lopez and Barriso. We said. Thousands of times that yeah. they're two quality players that say in four years, five years, you wouldn't be crazy to see them as Argentina's first choice central defence. And also, they've got a good relationship; they know each other yeah. well, and they, they know each other won, well. Won yeah. the title together. So, so no, no. I mean, I, I want to play at least one of them alongside Dominguez, like who did play in. I rate Dominguez; he's a he's a solid enough defender. Yeah. Instead of no, I don't know that. I think. Yeah, you can say about pragmatic, but if you're really pragmatic, pick your best players. For me, he just didn't pick the best players available to him. And then he had to go and play defensive. Mm. So, you know. Sure. Is it pragmatic to pick all your mates from Estudiantes? But you're, you're saying you should pick a, young, a younger side with some of the, the, the players who, who haven't yet gone to Europe. So, you know, like the Pizarro, Muni... Yeah. Do you think they would have yeah. done? They would have done as well. I mean, well, I, we I said it a thousand times. Like a player who's 30, 31 and has never left here, 
they've proven that they're kind of mediocre players. Whereas someone who's 23, 22, and is being kind of chased by everyone in Europe, oh, they, they might be like, a player. They might well be, but at this point, like, they're showing something that's, yeah. that's causing attention. Like, at least in form-wise, like, they're the players to go with. Like. Um, carry on all evening. Um, we're not yes. going to. No, let's, let's cut this now. We're, we're going now to, to play some, some theme music. And we'll come back afterwards and we shall answer some of your listeners' questions, I think, because I can't think of anything else that we've got to cover, really. Um, So, stay with us. football talk uh, not that your questions are brainless dear <laughs> well, like so harsh Sam that's yeah. so harsh very no 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 I'm, you don't want to hold up the sign no I'm not <laughs> I'm, I'm making sure not to hold the sign up right. because I'm not being, <laughs> I, I'm being very clear that very good questions um, the, the, the first one perhaps has a slightly obvious answer but still it's worth asking uh, Billy Morrison asks a question from me mainly um, am I happy about how River Plate are going in the Argentine Apertura um the first thing to say, Billy, is it's Inicial, not Apertura. Oh, Billy, Billy, uh, come on. Yeah, it's so I different. Keep you on can't... correcting people yeah. on this, just because uh, I, I'm that pedantic. Um, <laughs> basically. Uh, and no, the short answer is no, I'm not. Uh, I think it would be lovely if they'd start winning a few points and getting out of the relegation zone. And, you know, I'm not asking for a title challenge, I've made that clear at the start of the season, but, but to not get relegated again would be fantastic. Um, Viva Fantasma, and I stay. Very uh, kind of related question, actually. I think this one's for for all of us. Um, have River Plate become a yo-yo club? <laughs> That's definitely what we were singing in um, on Sunday. Yeah, it's great fun. There's kind of a there's a chant here which goes um, yo-yo club It's kind of like they go up and down. They look like a lift, which basically says a bit harsh on the team who've gone down once. And you have the most league titles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you going to play that? <laughs> it's it's it's, it's going to take at least one more relegation before they're a yo-yo club. I mean, if they get promoted, and relegated again at the end of this season, then might have to start considering themselves that. But no, that's not what seriously. Club is. The it doesn't bear technical definition of yo-yo club. Oh, it doesn't bear thinking about River being relegated again. No, like seriously. No, 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 no. I mean, Even for not River fans. For just for it's not good for obviously for the club and everything, but I mean just on a, so- on, on a so- on a social level, it's just really serious. Today there's a, there's another story about Passarella arguing with one of the sort of more uh, uh, what's the word? I mean older and more sort of uh, important socios, if you like. He's yeah. he's very involved in one of the one of the political groups yeah. in River Plate. And anyway, it's just there are elections coming anyway. It's, politically, it's very difficult. And if they go down, if they're anywhere near going down um, yeah. in the final stretch yeah. to, to, the, to the season, it's it's really going to kick off. And, well, and the no, scenes, if they go down this year, it's going to be ten yeah. times worse. Yeah, no, worse absolutely, absolutely. When when are rivers elections? I'm 
2013. So it's still a while ago, but, but, as, I, but as I said, there, there are already moves. Like this yeah, I mean, it's part of the cycle is that he's already got to start thinking about how on earth he's going to defend his presidency. The answer, of course, is that he isn't. <laughs> well, no, no, if he's the guy who took River down to the beach, that's beans, not true at all. That's not, he, he, wants, huh? he wants to... Oh, no, I don't he's not going to try. I'm just yeah. saying I'm a bit oh, sorry. he's still president after the next elections. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think he's going to struggle to get a single vote. <laughs> Quite possibly the way it's going. Um, I'm exaggerating, of course. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what I mean. So no, I would say not a yo-yo club yet, uh, and hopefully it stays that way. Because I'm sure we can all agree that Argentina is a better place to be whenever are hoovering up league titles. Um, um. Yeah. <laughs> ben Shave asks, "How do you think River will feel about the timing of Almeida's autobiography extract appearing in Gazzetta dello Sport o della Sera? Was it? It's dello Sport, isn't it? Um, yes, Gazzetta dello Sport." Um, I said it the Spanish way then it's an Italian magazine I've no idea um, given the recent results and a related question how far do you think you could run after five litres of wine hush all as well <laughs> um, let's take the first question first timing interesting as we were saying during, the, during our interval I don't understand the timing at all because no. this, this is it's all directly lifted from his biography which came out uh, I think two months yeah, ago two months ago three months ago two months at least yeah, yeah and, uh, and I was I, had, I bought it just three days ago thinking like, I've really got to buy this now it, it came out ages ago yeah. so, which is why it's strange because when Veron brought out um, his, his autobiography uh, there were a couple of quotes there and, and it was all over the place immediately mm-hmm. um, and it's, which is why I don't quite understand why it's come out now but that said what what it does say about about Italy, it's pretty explosive, and all the more strange that no one's picked up before. In, in case you've not heard this, it's uh, Almeida, of course, uh, before he became a useless manager, was a very talented uh, footballer for what, a couple of years, and prior to that was playing five-a-side for a few years, and prior to that was an even more talented footballer for many years. Um, if you're listening in England, he was part of the Argentine national team that knocked us out of the 1998 World Cup. Um, he was playing in that match, if you've not heard his name before. Um, and he played in, in Serie A for, for Inter, for Lazio, Parma, um, Brescia. He, he was, at Lazio, he was player of the year yeah. in Italy, mm. which, as a, as a holding midfielder yeah. for a non-Italian, I mean, that really says an awful yeah. lot, I think, yeah. about how he, how he was playing. Seriously, that, in that year. Um, And speaks about uh, being given uh, what, at the time, they were told was an intravenous solution of vitamins when, when at Parma. Um, which he now believes, given that lots of players are you know, dying or having serious heart complications and muscular issues and stuff, uh, he thinks were, were drugs. Um, and then he also says that when he was at Inter, he essentially became an alcoholic. Um, he said that he came back to Azul, which is his hometown here in Argentina, and drank five litres of wine as if it was Coca-Cola, and ended up in some kind of coma. Um, have you guys been to Azul? I have not. I've but, passed through it, yeah. But, but I've just... You don't seem like that, there's that much... Uh, I was going on as a Only in Argentine can consider that five litres of Coca-Cola would be acceptable <laughs> to drink in, you know, <laughs> they drink the stuff like water, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> drink wine like Coca-Cola and Coca-Cola. Well, yeah, yeah. Matthias, I made it. So what do they drink water like? like they don't drink water. Well, if, no. he's still doing this, <laughs> might, if he's still doing this, it might explain some of his recent managerial decisions. Mm. Um, but he says that to try and get it out of his system, he ran five kilometres until I saw the sun spinning. Um, and they had to have an infusion and um, woke up and thought it was his own funeral when he saw his family gathered around the bed explosive stuff indeed um, well he's, he himself has admitted it and, um, and he said in many many different places that you know, he's, he suffered from, from depression mm. and that's why he quit the game at a very young age I mean certainly in terms of the alcoholism it's, uh, it's, 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 it's sad I mean it's because it's, uh, it's something that obviously 
um, is, 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 is a huge problem for, for many different people and in, in football terms it, it's very open Ortega is, is probably course, yeah. a better example yeah. uh, also at River Plate of somebody who's struggled with alcoholism and, and because it's so open it, it's a very sensitive and very difficult difficult subject um, as for the, the stuff from Italy it's, um, yeah, it's amazing yeah, there's a, another one is about how he got forced out of, uh, of Parma because a local gang boss broke into his house and wrote death threats on his walls in, in oil, um, and forced, which, the, the stress of which forced his wife to have a premature birth. So after the 2002 World Cup, they left Parma, and they didn't go back after that. Um, yeah, it's, it's all very unusual stuff, but as Joel says, the, the timing, if you are the Italian freelance journalist who's currently passing through Buenos Aires and has only just got around to reading the book because we suspect that's what's happened please get in touch we'd love to talk to you on Handle Pod if you speak English um, but it's very it, that's what it seems like has happened right somebody reads Spanish very slowly has only just <laughs> got around to well I, I remember I put something on Twitter about the Veron thing and that's why I mentioned it because there was um, there was I ended up reading really quickly for one reason or another but just as it came out and I tweeted one of the lines about how if I ever come across um, Sodine I'll punch him in the face and I had quite a few people got in touch from, from papers in, in the UK kind of saying, oh, has he said anything about Man U? About, obviously, his, his time there. And um, and so, you know, when there is this kind of biography that comes out, that, and as I said, Almeida was player of the year in Italy. He was there for, for quite a number of seasons. So you kind of think his biography is coming out. It would have come out sooner. But but nonetheless, as I said, it's, um, I don't know, it's pretty explosive stuff. Absolutely. Um, Looking forward to reading it now. Yeah. Uh, I would be if I bought it, but I'm not, so there we go. Um, Ed Mallion says that he won't ask any questions this week because I have plenty of interesting points to make when I'm over, and my questions are usually shite. Um, he has asked a question now, though. We, we do look forward to having you on. Ed, it's not shown up in my timeline yet, so... But right, I will... We look forward to having you on, Ed. We'll get to your, the question that you've decided to ask eventually in, in a minute. Um, and, yes, you're right, your questions aren't usually shite, but thank you for being so honest and admitting it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. We're all friends on this, we can, yeah. we can laugh. Um, Joshua Bramlett asks, who is this Fantino with a TV show that I always see tweets about? Joel, I know you're a big fan of it, so I'm going to let you answer that one. Fantino's a legend, he's just an incredible showman. The show is actually called El Show de Football. The hashtag is El Show de Fantino. Um, but, yeah, sorry, carry on, Joel, I was interrupting. Yeah, he's, he's a brilliant showman, He's uh, and he's just... Uh, he's on TV pretty much all day, or well, every day at least. And he's and if he actually he's not if he's not on TV, he's on radio. Mm. He's uh, he's he's all over the place. But uh, but he made his name as very young for, for what he was doing, which was commenting the uh, commentating. Sorry, the the Boca seat Boca yeah. matches. Yeah, you're right. And and he he coincided with you know that incredible decade of when Boca won you know four Copa Libertadores league titles. Intercontinentales against Real Madrid and Milan and everything. So, um, so that's really how he made his name was as a football commentator. And um, and and now, yeah, he has this. He has one program where he gets about fifteen pundits and journalists on to uh, to argue about. There are fifteen. Scandalous. Sometimes feels <laughs> pretty much. Feel like yeah, pretty much. I mean, there's, there's at least eight, seven or eight. Yeah, yeah. Eight, yeah. Eight, most of which, most of them are speaking at the same time. And then he also has another program. He's but he's doing really good interviews now. I was going to say he has another no program. program. Animales salvajes. Animales sueltos. Animales sueltos. Which is which has a lot of yeah yeah exactly which is, has um, lots of, sort of very scantily clad women on. 
on in and similarly though within a huge panel of like eight people or so but he's been doing a lot of interviews recently has some really good interviews yeah, and his actually. interview with Cavanaghi and Chori Dominguez when they were thrown out of yeah. River was was, was the interview with them well, exactly yeah. absolutely but he's had like Maravilla Martinez the boxer on he gets politicians on and everything but anyway he's basically kind of one of the uh, the big players in Argentine the media yeah. establishment if you like yeah I, and, and, and you know he does he does a lot of tabloid TV but I mean he's he's great at what he does he's a very good journalist yeah you can't you can't knock his um, his skills in that Absolutely. even though he's a bit kind of sensationalist like you've got to respect yeah just respect him really no, he's very yeah. the sensation sells yeah. um, the other question that Joshua has is what does crack the English word crack mean when said in Spanish um <laughs> Yeah, the impression it's a hell of a like a really great shot or something. He's actually a, a fantastic player, basically. Well, I think That's you can say the crack. same thing in in English, no? No. no. Say like no. Where, where have you seen it in English? No, like a crack. You've been it. Too. A crack shot, saying is a really good shot. Well, a crack shot is somebody who's very good at what they. Yeah, so I guess yeah. similar, similar kind of thing there. But I'm I'm guessing it comes from there. Oh, a number okay. of English people who I've had to explain that that to. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. definitely not. Well, I remember Sid uh, Sid Lowe on the Guardian podcast had to do had to explain it for because uh, it's set in Spain as well, mm. and um, and yeah, it's. Uh, and yeah. so I think maybe we've all been here a little bit too long if we think that mm. it's <laughs> acceptable English. I'm not saying it's acceptable English, but I think you understand it. Like keeping yourself yeah. in the end. Yeah. All for one. All for yeah. one. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. You're right. Uh, but crack shot as a phrase does exist, right? All right. Yeah. And having assured us, uh, Joel, that Ed has asked us a question, it's still not showing off on my hand of pot. No, no, it's, it's just that um, I just, no, he just, um, he tweeted me very quickly because I noticed he tweeted you. Yes. And I said, he's me, me being us in the royal. No, no, you. Oh, me? You. Okay, anyway, um, it's, oh, just, right. it's just about if we could discuss the, what's happened and the demise, I'm just trying to look for it, of Uracan. Uh, where is oh, it? Okay. And he's just saying what's happened there, basically. Um, oh, I've lost it. Anyway, it's just what's happened at all the kind of happened with they... the other night, weren't they? They yeah. lost one they nil, I believe. Yeah. yeah, you're right. And I think with Uragan, it was kind of what we see now is the culmination of a demise that's happened pretty much since they had that uh, second place finish in the 2009 Clausura. Ever since then, it's just been kind of from bad to worse for Uragan, like. I know there's been, I can't, I wouldn't be able to say if um, the president, Babington's still there. I don't know if either of you can. But I know, at least when they were still in Primero, like, there was a lot of protests against him and kind of saying he was managing the club badly and all this kind of thing, you know. Well, Technicals, uh, coaches went through almost in a revolving door. The best players were sold. and it, Yeah, I think. Well, uh, I was I was in pa- I was in Parque Patricios just down the road from the Huracan um, headquarters yeah. club yeah. facilities just just the other day. That's on, by the way, is no longer. Uh, no, no, no. Since July last year. No, yes. no, no, exactly. Uh, and this is this is what I'm getting at because I took a photo of it and I even tweeted it the other day just for just because it made me laugh because of what it was saying because Babington's nickname was Inglis yeah. because he's uh, he looks because he's called Babington. Well, it's, 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 it's Babington, of course, uh, but, but he, could, he looks you know he could be. But I mean, but it's funny because Babington really was like Mr. Uragan. He was a member of the yeah. brilliant title-winning side in '73. He was coach and and then he was president. Yeah. Um, but as you said, but anyway on. What it said out just out down the road from the from the <coughs> headquarters was Inglés Garga Ladrón. <laughs> so I took a photo of it because it was just you know me being English means means in there. Which was saying thief. And how, how do you translate Garga? 
Uh, Gadga actually means like oligarch, like. Doesn't it come from Kagad? Like, no, it comes from, no, it comes from Oligarga. Oh, yeah. 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 Hmm. I'm going to look at something about that. Oh, okay, here we go, here we go. Because I was explaining that it was Lumfar, like, of Kagad and Garga. But, but both make sense, to be honest. What I've been told is it's, yeah. it comes from Oligarga, yeah. Right, so, so it's, it's so what kind of like a baron, like yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. So anyway, so it was, it was insulting um, Babington, and this is very much at what I can. This is what they feel happened because I mean, you know, the main, the the emblematic story for for Huracan is Pastore, right? Pastore mm. being sold to Palermo yeah. for for millions of euros, but Huracan owned ten percent of of Pastore, yeah. so no money went into the club. No, and there are lots of rumours about what happened, which I'm not going to repeat here. Uh, we can talk about them later, but but sorry, but you can't <laughs> broadcast this. Yeah. But there's lots of theories about what happened, and 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 this is the thing. So basically, you know, from going from that title, almost title-winning side, um, players were sold, but they didn't own any of those players anyway. No. So not only did they lose the players, so it's all they didn't really. Like, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And that said, it is surprising that how much they've fallen in yeah. the second division. Because now it's really looking like they're going to be fighting against relegation yeah. to the Primera de Metropolitana, like the third yeah. tier, yeah. which will be an absolute disaster for a club which we've often like said is kind of like the sip grande oh, yeah. and one of them That's in terms of fans. I would say the best stadium in, in the country. Mm. Fantastic, fantastic Most stadium. Fantastic stone armchairs that they've got in the main stand. It's amazing. No, it's brilliant. I always love going there. Like it is beautiful, but the seats. Yeah, are I miss sort of can be in Primera just for the away days with Racing. Like they're the only team that gave you a decent number of tickets. And there was well, the biggest. Theirs is the biggest popular in, yeah. in, in Argentina, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Bigger, Bigger than Racing's. I think so. Yeah, we're both at the same time. Yeah. We're both thinking the same thing. Wow. Yep. That's, that's impressive. Maybe you're dressing Philip a bit more. Gadka, by the way, on Gadka on com, which is like a Spanish language version of um, uh, Urban, Dictionary. Urban Dictionary. Thank you, I've forgotten the name even though I said it myself. <laughs> um, they don't know which of you two to go with either. Oh, uh, but they say both. Lunfardo, which is like Porteño slang for cagar, as Joel says, the person who shits themselves cagador <laughs> or shits on others yes uh, or, yeah. or there's that or the other one is they're given it as a synonym oligarch as well oh. oligarch um, happy days we're all right yeah we're my friend yeah that's fine absolutely I, I've heard the, the, um, the I've heard the Lumfada one more but um, but you know but, yeah that yeah. yours makes sense as well uh, I've heard more kind of garcar as like another way to say cagar mm. or like as a verb but yeah, yeah. absolutely whereas garca might be more like the noun yeah from oligarca Lunfando is very easy to learn yourself if you speak Spanish you just take a word and mix up the uh, replace if it's a two syllable word at least you just flip the syllables basically ¿Cómo está la germo? La germo Exacto Está comiendo una zapi Feca Feca con chile Café con leche Coffee with milk and so on Anyway, that, there's your Spanish lesson for the uh, yeah. for the evening ladies and gents um, We think I think we've exhausted your questions now I'll just refresh the page one more time and make sure we don't have any Late arrivals. We do not. Um, so I'm now going to play Mystic, Mystic Me, Mystic Sam's theme tune, um, and I will come up with with my predictions for the coming weekend. First match of the weekend, Quilmes versus Belgrano. Um, I'm saying Belgrano. Um, All Boys versus Lanús. I think is going to be a Lanús win. Um, 
all boys have conceded a few too many this season, don't win last season especially. Um, Godoy Cruz versus Diniantes, oh, Godoy Cruz versus Diniantes, um, I would advise you not to bet on the outcome, but I'm going to say a draw. Um, we didn't mention a Studiantes result, right? We did mention a Studiantes result, and they beat Arsenal 2 1. We did, very briefly. I wasn't listening. Um, and I mentioned do answer, I'm about to get sent off to that. Atletico Rafael versus Argentino Juniors, I'm going for a draw. Um, Racing San Lorenzo, I'm going to go for a draw, given how San Lorenzo tends to play away from home. Pocket uh, to beat San Martin de San Juan at home. Newells to beat Tigre away. Probably a banker of the weekend, that one. Um, Union versus Independiente. Both of them to lose, because they're terrible, but no, go for a draw with that one as well, because they're not going to score any goals between them. Independiente um, on a roll, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Having scored now in a couple of successive matches. Sorry, um, sorry. <laughs> Danny's now holding up my laughter sign. Um, this is the sticking my neck out moment of the weekend. River played to beat Arsenal away. Um, neither of them have won actually in a couple of weeks, but I think River might have slightly more focused given the stuff on the going around at the moment. Venice to beat Colón at home. Now really. And that's it. Those are all the matches. Um, standout fixtures this weekend, guys? What do we think? I don't know if it's going to be the best game of the week, but you've got to look at Racing San Lorenzo as a classic Like It's got more than enough potential to end in a 0-0 draw. It's going to be interesting anyway. Like Caruso going back to Racing is always quite interesting. Yeah. There's a few interesting few interesting matches up there. It's going to be kind of interesting to see whether almost inevitably Tigre are going to beat Newells as well. Like, you know, I, I predict the Newells win. Well, yeah, of course. If you said <laughs> it's more than Tigre, after trying so long to, to get a first league win for the season, it's going to be against the team that you least expect them to manage to beat. And the only team with a. Well, um, well also, when Tigre on the road uh, at, at River, I mean, you know, it all ended up with. All the talk was about River. Mm. But, I mean, let's not forget that, that Tigre conceded you know, three goals pretty quickly. I mean, one was a. You know, mm. We still haven't, I haven't cleared up whether it was a golasso or not, right? From Mora. Mora, no. Yeah, he hasn't given any interviews. He doesn't need to give interviews. It's ridiculous. Right, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go speak to him. That wasn't against Tigre. Newells. Newells. Yeah, yeah. But what I, mean, what I mean is that away from home, um, you know, they conceded three away from home, um, and, you know, they were basically reliant on very poor defending by, by well, to get back into it. So, I mean, they're not. Like, you know, they're, like they're, they're, they're conceding away from home on a regular basis because they've conceded four the entire season. Three of them against Three of which were in that match. So they've only conceded one on the goal. Oh, no. Um, Sorry, I'll, I'll be quiet. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of any other kind of runs and, and whatnot um, yeah. to, to report on in, in this weekend's matches, but I can't. Let's um, cut it short then. Cut it short. Yeah. So I think that that's that's it. I think we've we've done our lot. Um, we hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. We hope that the hammering, which has now stopped, I'm slightly surprised that it stopped this early on. Um, I should get to going. Didn't annoy you too much or anything that. Thank you, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never guess. If that was annoying you, by the way, during the first half of the podcast, I can assure you that when you're sitting here eating dinner and trying to watch TV in the early to late evening, it's ten times more annoying. It's been far too regular for my... We're doing it on Sunday. We're doing it on Sunday Sunday afternoon. By the way, there, there, there's no... There's no cue No, just... But I do apologise anyway if you, if you found it annoying uh, whilst listening to that. Um, and we'll be back next week. So, 
goodbye from um, English Dan, first of all. Goodbye. Goodbye from English Joel. Adios. And it's goodbye from English me. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>